Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heartstopper is over, but we're just getting started celebrating here on Post Show Recaps. It's the 2022 Review Podcast Series for all month long. PSR is looking back one last time at some of the very best shows of the year. You can check out the full series by subscribing to postshowrecaps.com slash 2022 in review. My name is Grace. Today we're talking about Heartstopper and the impact it had on television in 2022 and so much more. And of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Scott. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great and happy to be here with you, Grace. Happy that you can make the time for me, especially uh, with all of the year in reviews. Years in review? Year, year, in... year in reviews. I you think. see, you would you would know. Yeah. Um, I yeah. would not, but um, th- I'm I'm so excited to be able to look back at Heartstopper and just yeah. to, to podcast with you again. Yeah, agreed. What a special little treat Heart Supper was in April 2022 that just showed up on our Netflix screen. Yeah, I know. I feel it came out of nowhere. And I'm so glad, one, that you reached out to me about the show. And I think that was after Josh Wiggler recommended it to you. And, um, you know, it's uh, such a such a gift. Um, And also in the grand scheme of this year, it feels like it was forever ago that we agreed. Agreed. I would have thought, though, that it wasn't April. I would have guessed that it was later than April, but that's just me. Uh, It's been so much TV this year. Well, before we start talking about Heartstopper, we want to let you know the Post Show Recaps has an audience survey running all month long to learn more about you, what you're watching, and what you're listening to, and what you want to see more of on the podcast in 2023. So head over to postshowrecaps.com slash survey2022 to weigh in and help us make the podcast the best it can possibly be heading into the new year. That's postshowrecaps.com slash survey2022. Um, okay, where should we start with Heartstopper? Uh, 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 Matt, what, what was, I mean, I, it does hold a special place in my heart. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. Definitely makes my top 10. Um, but what was it about this British coming of age rom-com that we fell in love with, Matt? Well, it was it was a lot, but I I think the best place to start. I mean, we're talking about these shows, but something that I want to uh, eulogize isn't the word. That's a kind of dark word, but something I want to celebrate is yes. just that this podcast, the Heart Stopper podcast, and us doing it and having the conversations we did was super rare. Like I'm I'm yeah. so glad that anyone who tuned in tuned in, and I think we were really clear about that. Um, along the way but 
we were super vulnerable on the podcast and there was a lot that we shared. I know a lot for me that I spoke about in terms of like coming out and being a high school student and all those things. And I know the same for you too. And so just like, I I think the biggest thing with this show that could really be overlooked by one, a lot of people, but definitely by like straight people, for instance, or people who aren't queer is that um, this show is really meaningful and deep and representation matters. Yeah. I mean, um, I think what was nice about the show, there's a trend of shows this year that I've talked about um, and I'll lump in a a league of their own Mm. and our flag means death as shows that had such good LGBTQ representation this year. And the thing that I think all of these shows did super well was not having just one LGBTQ Q character and actually yeah. all of them uh centered lgbtq uh characters uh, uh and themes um in their show um sometimes like uh there were other important themes as well but but um yeah and so this one i think heart supper for me comes in the vein of sort of uh, a love simon which is a a, a show and a, and a movie that i really really adore um but sort of yeah i don't know it was super cute um and it wasn't about, I mean, there certainly is this aspect of this particular show about Nick trying to come out yeah. or, or actually before it even comes out, he's trying to figure out his sexuality. Actually. Right. Uh, he actually doesn't know um, whether he's bi or gay or whatever. And him trying to like figure that. And then, and then there is this aspect of like him not being sure how society is going to react. But my big takeaway is that the show is not, uh, it's not, I mean, it is a drama, but also it's so lighthearted in in the way that it's written that it felt just like a refreshing take on LGBTQ. Uh, even on the coming out uh, stories that we get, like Matt, you and I have ta- we talked yeah. about like other LGBTQ um, media that's out there. That so much of it can be so depressing, and this mm-hmm. was just so hopeful and cute and light um, and fun. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, yeah. And I think you know, I did go back and listen to a little bit of our podcasting it's it's insane to think about how one how um how quickly (laughs) we talked about the show and of course like it's only 10 episodes so we covered it for only so long but i actually did go back and listen to a few of the episodes just to kind of hear us back and one of the things that jumped out is the positive representation kind of like to the point of what you're saying that it was nice that things were light but it also was nice that things felt like pretty realistic and that you know being joyful and happy and experiencing queer love is a thing but we don't always see that in media and I always like I always think about the quote you can't be what you can't see and so I just love that this is giving examples of like how to speak up against queer uh, against like homophobia how to speak up Um, how to take action in certain ways that maybe we don't see in a lot of the other queer media that's more focused on the victimhood and trauma. So I just, I love that even I, as a 30 year old felt like I, you know, learned things from the kids in this show. And that, that was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, it feels very um, tropey, I think to say like, boy, if this existed when I was a teen, but I do think it would have been really important for this to exist while I was a teen. Yeah. Not only does this show 
so uh, the other thing I was, I was saying about our five queen staff and a league of their own is that there was more than one LGBTQ character. And mm-hmm. so obviously like, the, yeah, of course, like, you know, if you're going to have someone come out, you probably need like a significant other or a partner for them to be like exploring that, you know, whatever. Right. But I mean, in this show you have, I, I love Charlie and Nick as our two central characters in terms of Charlie having been outed the year before mm-hmm. and sort of already in this moment, uh, it, you know, living his life as in people know that he's out. You also then have Ben who he's in a relationship. I'm using huge quotation marks that only right. Nick can see. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of the show and you have nick who is uh bisexual trying to figure out his sexuality mm. but then yeah. you also have uh, uh l who is trans uh, and a black trans character at that and so mm-hmm. and then tara and darcy are uh uh two, two lesbians mm. on the show so yeah it's like a very full and rich uh, and then there's also tau He's also Tao, uh, man. But, uh, <laughs> for all we know, he's he's straight. So yeah, and I think no. that the other thing of this is like you know anybody, anybody in this show, even the people who you might presume are straight, might not necessarily be straight. So that's not even like the default in this show or in the characters we're centered around. Maybe for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, and I think mm-hmm. that's nice. It's nice that um, even in the context of the universe of this show, like, yes, it is very challenging for the characters to navigate coming out or or finding their sexuality. But, I mean, it feels like a very queer universe that we are exposed to for the most part. Even the, even the challenges, like, even the, just, like, just the horrible Harry, I think of Harry, who looks like a middle schooler. Harry, you're um, a villain. Yeah. Um, I just kind of, like, no. you know. Yeah. He's him, a villain, like, isn't it? He's probably, you know, maybe he's a little gay, you know, who knows? Who so, knows? I, knows? And, I, and I like that possibility for everybody involved. Yeah, and so just to go back to my point that this is something that I would have loved um, when I was in high school, I I had this thing. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I had this friend named uh, 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 maybe I won't out my friend. Uh, I'm not outing. I'm not gonna out them. Uh, You have a fake fake name. Yeah, I'll come up with a fake name. Uh, So Deborah was my friend Uh in high school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good fake name, right? Or is it actually their real name? And I'm doing a double bluff. Yeah. it's but like, I sure yeah. we'll go with Deborah. Yeah. I would hang out with with my friend and would sort of make jokes about being gay. Um mm-hmm. that was very much like me, like you know how there's like a little bit of truth in all, in all yeah in all jokes. Um that was me essentially like trying to sort of like see how much I could get away with, like <laughs> kind of you know, how far we could go. Like we'd do like uh we'd play like um F Mary Kill and and I would of course like I would just only pick like uh, uh other other boys that I went to high school with and uh-huh. then like answer the question myself as well, right? Like as a joke. Yeah. And the other thing is that I I came out to this person like jokingly would be like, oh yeah, like like we'd be watching a TV show or something and she'd be like, oh that guy's sweet. and I was like, yeah, I agree. you know, like are you and I'd be like, yeah. And then like the next day I'd be like, I was just like kidding about that you know i was just kidding and like in my head it feels like yeah everybody she should have just known that i was that i was gay and was not or like obviously now like i just identify more as queer and then i eventually yeah. came out as trans but i didn't know i don't have language right. for that at the time but at the time i thought i was like a gay man and i would do this thing and in my head it should have been like oh it's so obvious that grace is actually like gay and just like the joking the, the like reneging on it is the joke but when i did come out like 
officially for real like um i guess those were all for real but like the time i was like right. no i'm not joking in university she bawled her eyes out she was like oh my god and she's like i'm so sorry that i'm crying i think yeah. part of this was like she was interested in rent anyway whatever yeah but i was like how did you i made all these jokes in high school like and then i would be like but i actually the next day i'm just actually i'm just super kidding you know i'm, I'm not actually and so I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I had the, I was like so close. I feel like the time that I went to high school, there were out people. There were people who were out. Yeah. There was this cool lesbian couple. Um, they were awesome. I was so jealous of them. And so I was like right on the precipice of being able to like, not say that it was a joke, Matt, to be like, mm -hmm. I'm gay. And actually that's for real and whatever. Because like when I went to university, I just like went to university being like, I'm not hiding who I am, which yeah. like I still had to figure out I was trans. But the first week I like told everybody I was like, it was like, hi, I'm your gay roommate. You know, <laughs> so uh -huh. it's like, hi, that's me. Hello. Yes, me. Uh, and I found like a little community of like gay people at university. And so I was so ready in high school to like be out but was too scared. And I do feel like it sounds really silly, but like if Heartstopper no. exists, when I, uh, to see a high school kid who's out, who like, yes, you will probably get made fun of a, a fair bit. Um, and it will not be like easy, but you get to be yourself and maybe you find somebody else, right? You get to hang out with Nick and Tao and L, you know? And yeah. so it is really silly to say like, I wish the show existed when I was in high school, but I do really wish the show existed when I was in high school. Yeah. And I know going back to our podcast, you shared a little bit of like the joking, like right. you, the, the joking kind of thing, dynamic that you mentioned. And it's interesting to think about, and there's so much that's powerful there. Before I kind of even relate to my experience, I just want to shout out the fact that um, Deb, Deborah, uh, yeah. as you mentioned, been passing very upset about, you know the about the the hopes for maybe a yeah romantic our romantic relationship, relationship. with you yeah, yeah, yeah. so i just yeah. wanna i appreciate that flex from you grace i know um, i know thank you yeah <laughs> like yes, i can't yes, help yes. i can't help that i'm hot and uh have to that's turn right. some people away sometimes that's right that's but right. you know i think that um you know it, it's interesting because on the other side of things you know i totally agree with you in terms of that um this show and just that example mattering from a couple of perspectives because I think of going into high school like one of the things I knew as I figure out my own sexuality as a bisexual person um and you know it's it, you're, you're kind of figuring out like am I this thing what does this feel like what are these feelings uh it's a very complicated and I remember one hearing stories about in my all boys Catholic school mm -hmm. um, about some of the, a, a few guys, actually a couple guys who got kicked out of the school for like being caught hooking up in the bathroom. And I don't know how true these stories mm. fully were, but like, I remember that's one of the stories that jumps out to me in terms of my school and gayness. And then I remember right. like some of the other gay people who were there, but they were also always treated as like, weird or different and then i think of the the moments too though when in this all boys environment there'd be people obviously like people throw around the word gay as an insult but also jokingly oh, yeah. that comes Big up time. and but jokingly it also comes up like almost the example that you're saying and so it just makes me think because the thing i feel really um sad about but also maybe on the positive side thankful about the show for is that there are so many people 
who grew up in the environments that we did grace that were like yeah. not the worst environments by any means, but yet still yeah. don't feel like they could come out or maybe they yep. realize that they're bi or they, they haven't really explored that yet. So yes, yes, yes. Like this show is so important for people. One being able to like, there's so many things one being able to figure out their own sexuality Two, I think the other piece is, just knowing more about people around them because if this show existed maybe deb would have recognized like oh i think that there's something going on here i saw this yeah. on Heartstopper, but yeah. you know we can't really even blame deborah and others people would have looked up my internet search history and it would have been very similar to nick <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean that's well yeah. it, 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 they didn't even know to do that grace yeah. so actually do you know what i think actually there was one time oh, so no. saying that i don't have the language for <sighs> for what i I was, yeah. I still like, I know I have all these memories of like, uh, in terms of being a trans person, like waking up very early to play the Sims and making myself like a girl character mm -hmm. and then erasing the save file before anybody else woke up. Like I wow. have all these memories. Yeah. And yeah. so I do remember one time specifically my friend Deb, uh, uh, <laughs> we were like looking at the computer and somebody left a tab open, AKA me that was like transgender um and, and be like what the heck who's searching and I, was like, I don't know that's weird uh, click close that tab immediately let's never talk about that again you know that's what so, deb said yeah deb oh my god i thought no, deb, deb be... saw that i was looking at the tab yeah looking at the tab i was like i don't know who's doing that i closed the tab <laughs> deb needs Probably... to watch heartstopper <laughs> i know i know um but yeah i totally uh agree with everything you're saying that like you know it's it was not the worst time to be lgbtq like if you were out at, when i was in high school right. like we had a gay straight alliance but um you know i didn't want to join that thing because i thought people would think i was gay right so it's like this yeah. very like um you know it's not it wasn't you know the 70s the 80s the 90s but also it was the 2000s and so it's still yeah. it wasn't like yeah felt perfectly safe to come out um so yeah heartstopper um the other thing i think heartstopper did really well is i've never i i don't know that i've seen um for me a better adaptation of a of a uh, of a graphic novel matt i don't know how mm. much you are a graphic novel reader no. i was not really um uh, i've read uh, some comics and things like that i got into the sandman when sandman came out this year um but i actually i actually okay here's a hot take i read the first two um alice osman uh, uh heartstopper uh, graphic novels Ooh. and actually didn't quite like them as much as i liked the show i'm just this is a little bit of a hot take Gosh. but what i think the show so it does have the like you know, the little leaves and the birds uh -huh. and the lightning bolt and the, and the hearts and the flickering hearts. I feel like actually the show did a better job with that imagery than even the graphic novel does, because I feel wow. like it, it just it for like a very lighthearted show. What the like the I, I love this is like a thing where like you can only get it from like television and movies is that you can add in these graphic these effects that like yeah the, i guess you could do this in a graphic novel as well but like mm -hmm. when when nick's hand is hovering over uh uh uh, uh, uh sorry charlie's hand right and the sparks are there right like the sparks of like all these things like the butterflies in your stomach as you're like nervous i just think it's like it's such perfect imagery and mm -hmm. it's so cute for this like coming of age show to use yeah. this like graphic novel style cartoony uh like you know graphics on the screen to de to depict how these characters are like feeling i thought it was so good I agree. I agree. And I love that. And I'm glad that you have that perspective. I have been terrified. I have seen these um, 
the even the Heartstopper graphic novels in different yeah. stores, and I've just avoided them because I don't want to be spoiled on anything accidentally. Um, even though that, but you know, maybe I could avoid that. But it has been cool, even just flipping and looking at the visuals and seeing what's there, and that has really tempted me to even get some of them and to to be even deeper in the lore and compare that yeah. with the show. But you know, you're like that's. I think that's right. And that's that's awesome that the show could pick up on so much from the graphic novel and then build that in rather than being kind of a separate experience. Because yeah. also what I've seen a lot of is that people will post these um, images or screenshots of the graphic novel and scenes. And you're like, They're oh, very one for very, one. Yeah, very yeah. one for one. So I definitely appreciate that consistency. And um, yeah, it's awesome. I I, I perfect example with the static effect with the yeah. hands and everything else that's the one that got me the most it's like the yeah. butterfly is so classic but the like sparks of electricity of like we have a connection it's so good oh, um yeah. what do you like going back do you have a favorite episode or like are there like moments that sort of stick out to you as being really memorable from season one of parts number that's a great question and you know uh specific moments so all of it I, I felt like i was so engrossed in i did really love i loved any moments where the characters were making and i think a lot of this actually goes back to the nick nelson character played by kit connor but you know characters making decisions that you don't expect them to make like i think right. of them in the movie theater i hate that <laughs> i hate that whole scene in the movie theater um where they're just it, it gets dark there's a fight involved nick nelson's standing up for charlie and um i i didn't love that watching it just because of how how emotional and tough that could be and how real it is but also at the same time seeing him speaking up and saying no that's not okay seeing him at the party um with harry and some of the others like i love the party homophobic and then and they run they run to the room they run to the ballroom oh the, par the have, party was fun that's when the they have fun. do they have their first kiss then when he's like uh would you ever want to would you ever kiss a boy he's like how, how you're assuming that i just would only want to kiss girls like i love i love that that's where we get the electricity yeah uh, thing as well I, I love that scene i think that's one i think there was one in that party where like they were in an basically an empty ballroom of this yeah. mansion they kissed and then that was there was a little bit of a cliffhanger there but that was awesome so i love those moments but i i also have to say more overall i just have in retrospect, more of an appreciation for Tao. Tao is not horrible. Um, yeah, I'm the Tao defender, I think. I'm the biggest Tao defender on the, on the You planet. are. Yeah. And Tao yeah. would be the great friend to have. It, not me now. Like, me now, I wouldn't necessarily want Tao as a friend. Me in high school would love Tao as a friend. Just Tao's so a bit loving and accepting. Well, also... But also, yeah, he can be a very overbearing. He's like, he's like, uh, why, why are you not hanging out with me instead of your straight friend? And he's like, yeah. not realizing that kid. Uh, uh, sorry, um, that Nick is, is right. bisexual, right? So uh -huh. yeah, yeah, he's he's actually judging people by uh, books by their covers uh, uh, more so than anybody else. Which maybe because he's straight. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'm curious for you. Other other moments, specific moments that might have might have jumped out. Um, I really like the party. I do really like. I like the. Um, there's two scenes from the from the movie theater uh, experience that mm. I really like, which is um, when. 
they hold hands in the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I felt like uh, uh, for me, movies are not just something that I love because I cover uh, movies here with Poster Recaps Theater, but I've also mm-hmm. were a very, uh, there's many ways in which movies are actually like hugely important to um, for me coming out. So a, the content of movies have often been very helpful in terms of yeah. like coming out and seeing yourself represented on, on the big screen. Um, there is something to, uh, when I was like thinking about transitioning and, and wanted to like explore gender identity and feeling like having euphoria in terms of like wearing what I wanted, I would often just like go to the movies. But I, mean, I would go to a movie like far away from my house, uh, dressed in yeah. whatever I wanted and like would like just go to the movies. So it was like super, super important mm-hmm. uh, um, for me. So I love them like holding hands in, in the movie. Um, um is super cute i really like a lot of the stuff between nick and his mom yeah. uh uh played by the great olivia coleman uh-huh who you definitely know a lot about she's Matt. been really good at all of the shows including you know my favorite you know I'm gonna pull up the yeah i'll just give you uh, yeah. a moment to pull up the wikipedia if you want. <laughs> in her new movie that just came out she's actually probably the only good part of it but uh yeah I mean, which you, of course, we'll say at the same time we'll say of course this is Empire, Empire of Light Rising. is her new movie. Yes, yes it's her new movie, uh-huh. Empire Rising. Yeah, she was so right. good at that. And, yeah. you know, I loved her in... Crap, Grace, I wasn't ready. I just been that's pulling... Okay, that's I just okay. keep finding more stuff about her as Sarah Nelson on Heartstoppers. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, the scene where he comes out to her is super cute. And she's yeah. Like, you know, um, essentially, like, I wish you would have been able to tell me. Like, uh, I, I really do think, like, I love... She essentially has this, like... Um, this thing of it's not because I feel like there's this thing that I had happen when I came out where people were like, Oh, I wish you had have told me. And it's like, I would have told you sooner if I felt like it was okay to tell you sooner. Like not that it's yeah. always like on the other person, but like, I just have to be okay that you, you know, and I think people, you know, this is why like language is so important and why like mm-hmm. I try to be really thoughtful about, you know, things that are not specifically LGBT related. Like I really trying not to say the word crazy or lame yeah. Um, uh, somebody pointed out recently, like, um, a blind spot and, uh, um, uh, tone deaf, all things Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, you wouldn't think that like in my head, I I don't think of them as like, you know, language that is, um, being ableist or offensive, but that they are. And so I'm trying to remove Mm -hmm. them from my language. And I think that there's a way in which like, you know, when someone's like, oh, I wish you have told me, it's like, yeah, but you, you, you did, you like, you used certain language or like the way you, you know, just like the way I felt so. You know, I kind of love that Nick's mom in that instance is like, oh, I wish I had have done more to make sure that it was okay for you to come out. Like I, uh, again, getting very, we're getting very personal in this pod, but I, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law, I think have been so great about not necessarily trying to be like, um, oh, like when you have a boyfriend, like trying to be really open-minded to the fact that like you can set up your child's world so that when they come out, it doesn't feel like they're fighting against the grain. Like the yeah. rest of society, it might, you know, it's really hard to change our society, but in terms of like your own household, in terms of not making the assumption that your kid is straight or cis um, or whatever. And that doesn't mean like, you know, asking them all the time, like, are you trans or like whatever, like figure it out on your own <laughs> end. But like um, right. in case they are, that it won't feel like they're like disrupting the norm, you know? So um, I, I really, that. I just really love Nick's mom uh, on the show. So. Yeah. And I think it's like a lot of those moments too, that um, 
Yeah, and shout out to Olivia Coleman, wonderful yes. actress in this in in Heartstopper and otherwise. I'm I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trust your trust your yeah. perspective on that. But I think that you know it's everything you said. There's really really spot on, and I I would only add that that's something. The thing I appreciate about this is that even though I'm not a parent, um, or at least not a parent yet, um, is that. I could still learn like, oh, I can help create that environment because this show also really helps you see not only, you know, the parents role in terms of uh, her as as Miss Nelson, Sarah Nelson, but also just the fact that um, all of these little interactions matter. Like there's the Tory character um, mm-hmm. who's also there for Charlie, Charlie's sister. And that right. is that's also another meaningful moment where you're like, wow, all of this really does matter, especially in a world where. And, you know, I think there's some subtext to of this in the show, but in a world where these things really do impact our mental health and 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 I'm just like, I, I always go back to how thankful I am, especially for like coming to college, moving from New Jersey to Washington, D.C., like such a gay city. And I've been here 12 years now, probably mm-hmm. almost 13 years. And so it's just like having that environment where you are welcomed and seen and um, where you don't have to encounter those, those uh, I don't even know if I'd call them microaggressions or whatever I call them, but like where you're encountering that difficulty, it, it's good to be places where, you know, you don't have to explain yourself or where people get it. Um, so yeah, I love that. Cause Nick's mom makes jokes about like him being with a, like a girlfriend, I think is what like leads her yeah. to think like, Oh, Frig, I like messed up by like doing that. Right. And it's like, you know, he actually turns out like he's bi. So like, it's actually, he actually might have a girlfriend in the future. Uh, yeah. uh God forbid him and uh, Charlie ever break up, which is not allowed Uh-oh. to happen. Never. So, that yeah. will never happen. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. Um. All right. The other thing I think I wanted to chat about before we switch to our superlatives in terms of session is I did want to talk about there was some um, uh, stuff that happened uh, uh, outside of the show, Matt, that when we were actually yeah. uh, starting to, I think it was at the beginning of December, maybe the end of November, was uh, un- unfortunately um, people were feeling like Kit Connor was sort of taking a role um, that potentially he didn't fit, that he as uh, presumably a straight a uh, uh, kid, uh, uh, man, that he wasn't like the right person for the show, and there's a lot of like pushback about you know who sh- who gets to have certain roles, right? And Kit Connor came on uh, back to Twitter or Instagram, I can't remember, and he basically said like, "Hey, yeah. I'm by. Thanks for making me have to come out." Um, and then I think then again deleted his social media. I think um, wow. is what happened. Thank uh, he said he came out in a tweet and he says. Thanks for forcing an 18 year old to out himself. Uh, and you all missed the point of Heartstopper. Yeah. So, and yeah. I just want to add, like, the just to throw in the, the word that was often associated with this is queer baiting. People are accusing him queer of queer baiting, baiting yes. or gay baiting is another term for that, but queer baiting, um, it, when it, it I'm looking at something here that just sums up as like when a straight cisgender person seems to cash in on LGBTQ plus fashion, music, acting roles, et cetera. And it's tough because I, 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 um, there was so much with this and I, I know that we're going to talk about this a bit, but so much, um, just, I, I think queer baiting in itself is a whole other conversation for us to have, but it sucks that, this is what it it led to and yeah i remember seeing a tweet from him that and and maybe even he added something about like thanks for making an 18 year old come out so on and so forth 
<sighs> it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. So that Heartstopper is not queer baiting. Queer baiting is a right. marketing ploy when a character relationship is implied to be queer, but is never explicitly labeled as such. So that is a good example is uh, Sherlock, where Sherlock and Watson are implied to have this LGBTQ relationship that yeah. actually is never defined or explained in the show. And so Heartstopper, where even if it's a straight man who he's now we know he's not and kit connor is playing nick um they clearly define his sexuality it's not queer baiting what right. we're actually just seeing is lgbtq content on your screen and we can mm -hmm. talk about who gets to make that content um who sure. should be in those roles um you know i do still think like you know but i also think at the same time this is a really challenging thing where you actually don't know what some, what what somebody's identity um uh, uh, is and it's not there's you know I'm I'm victim of it too where I will watch something and then I will go Google like is this person LGBTQ right sure um, and that does play into this thing of like okay we need to know what your sexuality is and uh, it does suck that we live in a society as we're saying like yeah it's better than it was 10 years ago it's better than it was 20 years ago it's better than it was 50 years ago but it doesn't mean that every um, actor is okay with coming out. And there's still also yeah. um, this thing that happens when somebody comes out where it becomes a headline um, that someone comes out. Recently, there mm -hmm. was an L uh, a baseball player who just came out and it's like, he's only the third baseball player to ever come out. And so of yeah. course it's like a headline, but it sucks that it has to be a headline that right. he was sort of clearly out when he was playing, but nobody said anything for safety. There's apparently two um, soccer players on, on um, English uh, premier football team who are playing on the same team are pretty, are in a relationship, but nobody um, they're yeah. not, they're not ready to come out. Um, the team, apparently all the other players are like, yep, they're in a relationship, but don't say anything to the media in terms of like who it is. So it's, we're clearly living in a space where like, if those people were ready to come out, they would come out. And also they might, this is the confusing part. People might not come out. Um, right. right. That like, you, you know, Kit Connor might have just been a, a straight boy playing a bisexual character and it's not really his fault. And it sucks right. that he was then pressured to so affirmatively say what his sexual orientation was to the point where then he, because he's bisexual, he did have to come out. So very complicated. Yeah. yeah. And it's complicated. And it's also, really it's interesting like i was gonna i feel like it's so many different things which is where i have some pause but it's it's interesting and powerful that he's in this situation based on even like a lot of the conversations that we've had grace about this show and about how things were when we were a similar age you know about 12 13 or so years ago or 14 15 years ago i guess based on the character's age and how things have changed and how things haven't changed as you reference it is interesting that like there's still so we know that the hesitation is there we know that things are better but things still aren't perfect and it, it also sucks though that we're in a world where the default expectation is that kit connor is straight but it's also not surprising that that is the default that people go to because that's the culture we're in which makes this type of show so important and so like this is horrible and sucks for him i hope and i i, I would imagine that he's surrounded by so many people who showered him in all the love and support that he could use in this moment but 
I don't know. It's just very profound. Like yeah. how horrible this is that it happened, but it makes sense that it happened. And hopefully, I don't think we learned anything from it, but I hope that people could learn from it. Like, let's just let people be and like well, not assume one way or the other. Maybe people uh, can learn what queer baiting is. Which well, is yeah, yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's a, and I I say that's a whole other conversation too. Just no. in terms of like, I I think there's also there, there are so many look there's so many uh, straight straight guys who yeah. are straight who try to like make you think that they're not to gain your interest on social media and all the other things, and I just also think like. I would encourage people to be <laughs> cautious sometimes or just to be aware like that people do try to bait people in and bring them in. And like, that's a thing. Um, but that's not what yeah. I don't think that even I don't I even get the sense that Kit Connor has been like trying to get people to pay attention to him. Like there are so many heart stopper accounts out there about yeah. all these characters talking about them way more than they even talk about themselves. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very rare that an individual can actually create be uh be queer baiting this is more like shows like stranger things mm -hmm. uh people are talking about like will uh clearly is going through something but they're never they're choosing not to label it as lgbtq because essentially what they want is they want they want to be able to attract the queer audience while also not offending their straight audience uh people who are like extremely homophobic and so um um yeah the whole thing with will byers and stranger things is like feels to me extremely queer baity mm. um whereas uh but that's not the fault of noah schnapp that's the fault of netflix and the showrunners and those people not the individual playing the character because it doesn't really matter what noah schnapp's sexuality is he's playing yeah. a specific character and they're choosing to edit it and write it in a way where they're alluding to the fact that he's gay but not actually confirming that he's gay and that's what queer baiting is Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's have some fun, Matt. Let's yeah. do let's do superlatives. Let's uh, uh, do some of these. So, um, let's. I'm going to mix up because I don't want to do MVP and, and LVP. I don't want to do this yeah, at the beginning. No. So let's do. Um, okay, here's one. I said this one right before we started. What about the best adults on the show? I think you know who I'm going to pick, but I do think it's not 
exactly a runaway because I think there are some very good adults. I can run through of them. There's Mr. Ajayi, who's the uh -huh. art teacher who looks out for Charlie, lets him eat lunch in the art room. There's Coach Singh, the rugby coach. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Fry is the voice of the, um, uh, he just is on the speaker all the time. Yeah. There is Sarah Nelson, Nick's mom. And I think that mostly is it. But yeah. oh, there's a, there's a Tao's mom, sure, uh, Yanzu, yes. who's very cute and loves and loves mm -hmm. Elle. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Um, uh, to me, it's a little bit of a. I love Mr. J. I love Mr. Yeah. J because yeah. I feel like Mr. J is that person that I could have used, that art teacher that you know I would have rather had to to just to have conversations about queerness with an adult who could advise or add some level of guardrails to it um so i'm with mr i'm all about mr j here and i think especially for me like obviously him being you know a queer black man helps yes. it, definitely but um i don't know i just it, it's it's interesting when we think about our experiences and what we see in this show that i am so jealous that i didn't have a number of these adult figures but also really that mr j was not in my in my life so that's who i have to give the adult uh what's the category best adult, best adult. Award. i also yes. vote for mr j he's oh. he's the best he's so supportive i know i want to give it to, to to nick's mom so bad but i'm gonna give it to mr j because so i did not have a teacher who did this for me in terms of being LGBTQ, yeah. but i did have a teacher who did when i got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes who was very supportive and let me like uh, take my needles um yeah uh, in the room and test my blood sugar. Uh, and he was awesome. I will not use a pseudonym. Mr. Geniac was the best. So, uh, Mr. G, his name is, uh, yeah, Mr. Geniac, G I G N A C. It's a very uh, odd pronunciation. Uh, look uh, it up, everyone, but... and send your thank you notes to yes. Mr. Geniac. Yeah, um, but, yeah. but I, yeah, no, just big shout out. I love this. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool that, um, I don't know, it's cool that we could have that. In terms of Nick Nelson's mom, though, gotta say, run up. Really good mom. Run, run her up. Just run her up. That shout out. Uh, uh, she can have a, a a mug that says a "World's Best Mom, but Second Best Adult." Yeah, yeah. Small print. Small print. Small print. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Uh, what about the best animation uh, uh, on the show? So we had like uh, birds and leaves and butterflies <laughs> and the electric shock. What's which is the best? Do you, do you have a do you have a favorite animation, Grace? Well, I talked about the shot. I, I think the electricity uh, sparks when when he's gonna hold his hand. I think is the best use of the animation. But I think the butterflies is really good. I think that's like when they're about to go on like their first or the movie date. I think they have butterflies. I, this, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm super partial to any of them. I, the leaves jump out to me though. Classic, the, exactly no. classic. Just like sweeping by them and you know i i can't remember if we get leaves or butter i feel like we get leaves maybe at the end with tau and l we or do, something i, I actually I for some reason i feel like they get birds a lot yeah, they, i think they have birds. Gets birds something um, applies yeah but leaves are great it, it's kind of what it's like to be in high school you know like you're just like you know you go any direction life is kind of like float you're just like sort of floating in this void you know i think the leaves are great yeah and overall big shout out to the mm -hmm. animation because yeah. i think with with um with both them with the electricity with the leaves it's not 
like the corny little hearts that would pop up, which would be really standard. It's yeah. nice that they um, mix it up. And then in the context of the story, it's like, oh, those leaves mean something, even though like leaves and birds, like what? That's just, there's leaves and birds. So I love the, how the story loops in those animations, like you mentioned, borrowing a lot from the graphic novels. Yes. Um, okay. I originally had this one as best couple, but I'm actually going to switch it because I think oh. it should be best duo. Um, because I think there's many uh, duos on this show. Okay, um, so you Chris. have, uh, uh, here are my nominees, I think, that you, uh -huh. in terms of, okay, so obviously you have Nick and Charlie. Yeah, obvious. You have Tao and Elle, um, Tara and Darcy. Um, and then I think you have uh, uh, Harry and being the worst. Uh, that's a that's the best duo, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but I think you could also mix and match some of these. There is, uh, I feel like Charlie and Tori, Tori are a bit of a duo. Mm. Um, I feel like even potentially Tao and Charlie are a duo. Ben and Charlie, clearly not going to win, but we're a duo. <sighs> Thanks, Grace, for reminding all of us. Uh, Nick and Rugby. You know, these are all things that I think could win for best duo. Ben Hope um, sucks. Ben Hope. He looks like he's going to be in uh, a big part of season two. So I think we uh, might be up to be on the lookout for a little redemption arc for, for Ben Hope. But uh, who are you giving best duo to? Gosh, this is tough. You know what? I there There's so many. Like, I love a lot of them. And I definitely... Uh, I didn't know this would be me, Grace. I want to give it to um to Taryn Darcy, but okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't. I won't. Cause I'm give, gonna give it to Tao and L. Wow. Wow. Like the cuteness. Yeah. The cuteness of their relationship. Yeah, the moment that jumps agree. out to me is when they were going on the like triple or quadruple date at at, uh, at the uh, drinking something, eating something. Uh, milkshakes. Snow cones, milkshakes. Yes, milkshake date. I remember that. See, we haven't rewatched it. Uh, but yeah, it's the milkshakes. And the way that they just kind of like dance toward each other, there's like the towel thrown at the hook. Or L L doing the I don't know it just I just love how cute they are and um, they make me feel good when I see them together. I don't as much uh, as many criticisms as I've had of Tao as a friend. I also feel like L balances out Tao really well, and I also just love L. Like L's an amazing character. L is my favorite character on the show. Uh, unsurprisingly, oh, I like the oh. trans character. Oh. Um, but boy, this is like I I think I'm also gonna vote for Tao and L. If you told me that, like, say I had this, like, best friend who that when I came out would just be, like, this unapologetically supportive, like, in terms yeah. of, like, having this sort of, like, bro best friend who is just, like, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Like, uh, yeah, like, I'll support you. You know, it's just the relationship is so cute. And I... I love it. And I am really mad at season one for not having them be romantically involved at all. Yeah. And so I need that to happen in season two. So bad. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm also going to give it to Tao now because I think the relationship is the cutest and clearly like they've been through a lot. I love uh, how much uh, a Tao's mom is also loves Elle. So mm -hmm. just the whole thing, the whole package. <laughs> they like to watch movies. Tao watches movies. So. I, I love how Tao's mom loves Elle more than she loves Tao. Like, we Same. love that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of Tao and Elle and just what you mentioned with them not, like, there was no kiss in this season. No. No. I feel like the love story, like, I feel like they're the best couple, even if they're not actually a couple. And they, I feel like they've had. I know. I switched it to duo. 
for this. Yeah, I, I'll, in my in my heart, they're a couple, but I yeah. I appreciate you switching it to duo, duo yeah. just to really uh, assert their dominance here, even though they would have won the couple uh, debate. Like I just I was I guess between when we recorded the podcast back in April May, May yeah. now you know it's I I've thought a lot about it. I wish that there one or more trans characters in this show just because it's like it's so well one more trans characters i i like how there are some people of color in this show so Mm -hmm. that's not something that jumped out as much to me but with trans characters in particular like then you just you're not relying on one person to represent all these different stories or different perspectives like i want them to have their love story but i and i also want uh like there to be conversation about trans identities on the show i also think it would be cool to have a character who has a completely different experience or multiple characters and so that's one thing that kind of bums me out a little bit about the first season and i hope that like maybe season two grace maybe we'll have so, two trans characters in season so i two. actually believe that they have cast two more trans people to play uh l's friends in season two they've had okay. uh, signed a uh, bell Priestley, who i and I might be wrong about both of these, but I believe Belle Priestley is a trans woman who's going to play Naomi and Ash Self is a trans man who's going to play Felix, I believe. Awesome. So, um, cool. yeah, yeah. On the lookout for more representation. This is a show I definitely, based on what they did in season one, I trust them to sort of take the feedback and be able to uh, where they might have missed. Yeah. Uh, well- uh, in terms of like their representation, they, I feel like they we'll be very cognizant of like, okay, what are we, what are we, what are we missing from our season one? Yeah. Yeah. And I know we're still in the superlatives world, but this is something else that in the context of this, that I was thinking about, which is the balance between like spotlighting different identities and normalizing different identities, which might, must be really challenging in making shows like how, like, for instance, if you have, characters that are people of color or like a black character do you have stories that are about that or do you just kind of have them living their lives within the context of and i think you kind of want like you want both you want all the things represented and it's i don't know i I just um i'm hoping that in season two that we get a little bit more of like actually addressing the identities of of folks trans identities but also just like racially and otherwise just because i would imagine that those things would come up um but you know we'll we'll see i have a feeling that we're gonna get more trans storylines from or trans like relevant storylines from what it sounds like especially like a show that's about you know it's a rom-com and so dating as a trans teen would be very yeah. challenging right uh yeah. e- even if it's with you know even if she's interested in Tao, but these other two characters who come in you know can share their experience of like how you know what what that looks like so yeah i uh-huh. think uh very excited for season two i believe it got uh, renewed for for two seasons so i believe um uh is that right uh maybe it's I just season so. two uh no yeah, yeah two seasons yeah, yeah two and three um all right let's do it let's give the least valuable player uh the lvp so how are we season. defining this is this like the, the Show. character who Show. Character. yes so here here's our the nominees i think i think very clearly <laughs> have ben ben hope i think harry green um I feel like this would be a, a stretch, but Imogen, I feel like, is in there. I'm with you. Um, and that's probably, I guess, like Ben's lackeys, but I don't, you know, unnamed characters. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Or we could also give LVP to just uh, homophobia at large, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's, I mean, 
Okay. Right. Well, I was trying to give us a cut out. Uh, no, I mean, I would give it to homophobia at large. Uh, I, I think in general, maybe in the world, like, I mean, that gets the LVP. We can we could uh, really shame the other year in reviews when they're like, Matt, you didn't give your LVP to homophobia, huh? Like, <laughs> Wait, I don't know. I like this. Because Sounds like uh, these other year in review podcasts are pretty homophobic for not no. giving their LVP to homophobia. Grace, you're onto something. Yeah. Because Ben Hope, you know, yeah. he's just on his own. He's on his he own. He has journey. internalized homophobia. He has internalized homophobia. He is a victim of homophobia. Harry mm-hmm. Green, how so homophobic? Definitely, so homophobic, probably yeah. a li- maybe a little maybe a little gay. Who knows? But and then Imogen definitely internalized homophobia there. She definitely was like, she's great, but also yeah. kind of like Nick Nelson's mom, you know, she's just assuming. So I LVP goes to homophobia. That's right. No. Leave the kids alone. The kids do. don't deserve the LVP. Okay. Great. Great. I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll back that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just backing your ideas. So. Okay. Uh, and then let's go MVP. So the best character on the show. Huh. This is tough. I think I think certainly the, the big four are on this. So Nick, uh, uh, Charlie, Tao, L. Um, there's someone we haven't mentioned all. I don't think it's going to get MVP point, but I would just be remiss if we never mentioned his name. But Isaac is in this show as well. Yes. As a member Shout of the friend group. Mm-hmm. um tara and darcy i think as well but it feels like it's got to be one of the big four and potentially the big three if we're gonna eliminate i love tau i don't think tau is the mvp of Hearts number uh this is um interesting i mean i'll, I'll give you this mm-hmm. charlie throughout the show i just remember loved him but he just yeah. frustrated me so much along the way and it's like it's super relatable but it's like the type of thing where you're like, oh my gosh, you're like, I see your insecurities and I see so much of myself or my friends or like, I see so much of high school me in Charlie, mm-hmm. which is why I would not, I will not, maybe we'll talk this through. Like, I don't want to give Charlie the MVP. I'm close to giving Charlie my MVP, I think, actually. Because I think he's the, I think to your point, he's the most, he's so relatable in terms of being uh the one who's like sort of the most out already you know so, yeah he's so yeah. relatable and realistic and i guess just... l is pretty out yeah but anyway. yeah and you know honestly i guess i have to give my mvp to l because mm. i mean look nick nelson that man like look i wish look i'm just saying like look. he he brings so he he gives so much. Like I feel like I needed a Nick Nelson at the time, or like you know, and he's great. But Elle has her shit together, and mm-hmm. I just like the aspirational aspect of Elle. But I see what you're saying about. I feel like you could make a case okay. for any of them. I love that you gave it to Elle because now I don't feel bad about not giving it to Elle. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna get one one point here in she terms of MVP. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Nick Nelson because. I think if I look back at the, my most memorable scene yeah. on the show, no, this is, I'm mad that Elle didn't get the scenes, the type of scenes that Nick Nelson got. Totally. I'm mad that she doesn't get more stuff with Tao where they're like clearly into each other. Like I want way more of that. But Nick gets, you know, the scene in the uh, in the hall. He gets the good scenes with his, with his mom. He, um, the last scene where he's like, I don't care if it makes my life harder. I'm, I'm better being with you, Charlie. Like, I love you. Um, the, the last scene where he's like lifting and he's like, I have a boyfriend. He's like uh, uh, in the water, like he runs in the water. Nick gets the most 
out of season one. And like when I when I like come across like a TikTok or an Instagram reel that's like, look at this memorable scene from season one. I'm like, oh, so cute. It's normally Nick um, and normally Nick with Charlie. So oh, totally. um, I I give I give Kit Connor and Nick Nelson my my MVP point. But I'm very glad you gave it to Elle because I love Ellen. Elle is my favorite character on the show. So, yeah, definitely. Uh up there with best dancer next to Tao. But I will say, like, the thing that I appreciate about Nick Nelson is that along the way, there were so many moments where he had to make decisions. Yeah. He had to make hard decisions. And decisions that I think would be tough for any of us, whether it's about speaking up, whether it's about pushing back, whether it's, like, holding hands or kissing your potentially your boyfriend um yeah. and so there's a lot that i admire about nick nelson because i feel like nick nelson is the character who did the tough thing time and time again even though you know we probably wouldn't have done the same thing half the time based on when wh how we grew up or the circumstances or even in these circumstances so i love that about nick and yeah. uh i i i i know that l would have uh done the same thing and so uh, much more if we got the scenes it's all about the edit grace my prediction is that next season is like l season i feel like oh, nick it, and Charlie i feel will like their it. own thing but i feel like there's gonna be a lot of l in season two and l yeah. and tau like will they won't they so that'll be fun Ooh, um they better all right matt i think before we wrap up any final thoughts on heartstopper season one and potentially seasons two and three that uh hopefully come out in 2023 well, so on season one, I had some some other notes here, Grace. Mm -hmm. One, I'm glad that you learned uh, what XOXO is. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. Do you know uh, what that is? Do you okay, know hold what? on. An O is a kiss and an X is a hug? Or am I? did I get it wrong again? Have I backtracked? No, an Wait, X is I a feel kiss. Like, I X, feel like uh -oh. you... No, no, no. Uh -oh. I, feel, I think that... <laughs> I don't... <laughs> uh oh I, <laughs> I don't think that it's meant to symbolize the like I don't think they're either, but look it up and confirm. I X is the X is the okay. I uh, an O is the is the shape of one's mouth, so it's a kiss, and then X is the arms crossing, so it's that's a hug. See now, I'm, I know you didn't know that, but I'm also not sure if I knew that. I now can't either. remember which one I, I can't either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I thought O is like a hug, and an X is is like. Smooching the mouth lip. hole. So yeah. I think I I think that that was my original thing, and what I just said was, and so it actually is. O is the is your mouth, and so that's a kiss, and the X is like your arms crossing, and so that's mm -hmm. a, and that's the real one. And I got the preview. I was originally wrong. So look, yeah. I believe I'm I'm glad mm -hmm. that I rehashed that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, okay. So otherwise, the other thing that I just realized that you said that you would do that you didn't do. Uh oh. So it was my birthday when we were releasing these podcasts and oh. you, and it's the holidays now. Yeah. And you said that you would set a calendar reminder a month before Christmas to send me a framed picture of Nick and Charlie. Oh, I didn't do that. I definitely didn't do that. Well, spoiler, I it's not, not the holidays yet. So I guess I'm not, I have to stop checking okay. my mail every day, but um, I'm just saying that was another thing. Other than okay. that, like, you know, I'm just excited that we will be able to come back and talk with these, talk Same. with these characters, talk about these characters yeah. again. This yeah. is awesome. 
Same. So fun. One of my favorite podcasts of the year. One of my favorite shows of the year. I always love podcasting with you, Matt. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we got real on this podcast. We really uh, did. And started, honestly, yeah. like, honestly, I'm, I'm so look, there's a lot of, <laughs> a ton of podcasting that you yeah. did this year, but also Apparently. like, even just thinking of like, I have the wrestling wrap up and pod friends, which you were both, you were on both yep. of those and the yep. pride has spoken, which we did with Evie. Yeah. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Uh, but it's, uh fill your survivor off season with the pride has spoken. Yeah. yeah, please. And it's, it's just like, it's amazing how much we got to podcast together, but this this to me is like the hidden gem in a way like this. If people Agreed. aren't watching Heartstopper, that's one thing, but who cares? Just go back and listen to us talk about this. Even if you just want to know a lot of things about us that we definitely haven't talked about uh, yeah. on a ton of other podcasts. And so this was, this was amazing to do with you, Grace, obviously to have Ariel yes. on a couple episodes was great, but yep. more importantly, I think like this community and hearing how much this has meant to them has been so amazing and i'm just like please reach out like it's always great to hear that people care um and i just want to thank everyone who was super supportive and loved what we were doing back when we were releasing in real time that was the cool thing of people being like yeah this is like so relatable uh people listening to the pod and feeling like they were hearing themselves uh Mm -hmm. uh because yeah a tv show is a tv show and then we're real people telling our real stories and so yeah it was cool to hear or are we it was so cool to hear (laughs) i'm actually played by olivia coleman i'm Um, an ai yeah it was very cool to hear people's uh feedback and responses and this was a show that i feel like we got a lot of uh, love about and so uh that means uh a lot um Mm. okay so before we close out we just want to remind everyone one last time about our audience survey at posterrecaps.com slash survey 2022 every response is greatly appreciated and will help make poster recaps the best it can be one last time it's posterrecaps.com slash survey 2022 um matt what else do you have going on where where else can people find you at the moment well i was just pulling up the poster recap survey grace yes you should Um, pull it out in addition, oh, great sur- great looking survey at postshowrecaps.com slash survey2022. Um, and, you know, uh, where can people find me? Thankfully, December is a pretty quiet month, but I would really encourage people, number one, like, I'm, I'm sure that all of you listen to the Heartstopper podcast. If you are going to rewatch it, like, rewatch it with us. Look it up on Post Show yeah. Recaps. But other than that, I mean, I am getting ready gearing up to do another round of interviews for pod friends over on rob has a podcast grace you were an interviewee there so many other great interviewees and conversations through pod friends so i'd encourage people to subscribe to that because i'm getting ready to release new episodes beginning in january in the survivor off season rob has a website.com slash pod friends feed and just around the same time we'll be back with yet another season of the wrestling wrap up so whether you're a wrestling fan or not you can hear me and the one and only mari fourth at mari talks too much that's two like the number two on social media and we'll talk about pro wrestling we'll break it down ways you could follow along if you think pro wrestling is goofy that's great if you are a huge fan you should definitely be listening. So robhiswebsite.com slash wrestling feed. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, some of us oh. like pro wrestling and think it's hugely goofy. Oh, no, so, I love I love yeah. all of it. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm there for all of it. And that's why Wrestling Rap is a great podcast for you. But other yeah. than that, uh, follow me at Matt Scott GW on the social media, especially on Twitter. And again, like, let me know that you're following because you heard my voice here just because yeah. I feel like we have a special bond um, here on the Heartstopper right. podcast. But Grace... Yes. Where I'm going to give you the next 
20 minutes talk about oh. all the places where the people could uh, find yeah. you yeah yeah good to, yes because i'm on so many podcasts yes. um okay so uh we just wrapped up coverage of 1899 uh a fun mystery show on netflix and um that was with ariel and rich and we the three of us are going to be starting our dark rewatch pod uh, very soon so we are watching Ooh. matt have you ever watched dark only aw dark that's Great right show. that's very good pun Matt. uh dark is my favorite scripted show of all time uh beautiful uh three season show that's like uh, immaculate and perfect and great so we are doing a full rewatch of that's full spoilers so you want to watch all of dark before you listen to episode one of our of our um rewatch pod also wrapped up coverage of the crown with shannon gus that was very fun and ariel and i have post-show recaps theater uh we this last week we covered avatar the way of water james cameron is back with uh, uh, the biggest movie of the year. So we, uh, Josh is going to join us to do um, a whole lot of coverage of that. We'll have a spoiler-free uh, reaction pod and we'll have a spoiler reaction pod. Ooh. Also, uh, pretty soon, uh, uh, Glass Onion uh, will drop on Netflix. And I believe the one and only Allie Lasher is going to join Ariel and I to recap Glass Onion. So I'm very excited about that. Wow. Um, Matt, you recently came and played Clue on, on Roll Call over on the it. podcast. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. We played uh, Spyfall recently. We played Sons of Catan. So you can catch the replays of Roll Call, a board game show, on the YouTube and Twitch channels. And yeah, I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. I think that's going to do it for Heartstopper on the 2022 Ooh. In Review podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the 2022 In Review podcast series at posterrecaps.com slash 2022 In Review as our lookbacks on the year in TV continue all through December. Until next time, bye bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.